<laughs> Do oh yeah, I think we should just have you beatbox as the music. Why not? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> welcome peeps <laughs> to the show with no name about art. If you can't tell, we're all white. We're all very white here. Oh, we have to describe ourselves. We're I'm not doing white. that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Let the show begin! Ah, it's official, thank God. My name is Daniel Roberts. We're at Statement Art Gallery inside the Arts Factory in Las Vegas, Nevada. In beautiful downtown downtown Las Vegas. It's very beautiful today. It's the day after the first day of fall, Mm -hmm. 2011. Mm -hmm. What is it, the 24th? It is. This is commemorative. Mm -hmm. And... We're going to hopefully do a show bi-weekly, at least monthly, something before our first Friday event. We haven't decided yet. We haven't decided yet. We're going to wing it for a while. We're going to work out all the kinks and bugs, and we're going to get better at this. But Mm -hmm. my idea behind the show was to get as much content um, about the shows that we have downtown, all the different gallery artists. It's kind of weird. I'm a gallery owner, part. My wife is actually the real gallery owner here at Statement. She's <laughs> laughing in the corner over there. Gina Q, who I'm going to introduce in a minute, is complete owner of Blackbird Studios? No, I have two partners. That's right. Mm-hmm. You have two partners. Mm-hmm. Jesse Smigel and Gina, Gina Ray. Okay. So is it equal thirds all the way yes. across? Damn it. I hope I had hoped you had all the power so we can make decisions. I do. I mean, let's face it. Behind everybody's back. We know that. And we've also got PJ Perez, who's... A fabulous... I told you I was going to use an alias. <laughs> no, I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> Too late now. Sorry about PJ the luck, PJ. Perez already sounds like an alias. I don't know. I don't even know your real name. <laughs> yeah, that's not his real, real name. name. No, PJ is not a away. real name. Well, yeah. you can always cut that part out and make it's something capital up. It's capital P, lowercase J. What do you want us to call you from Special. now on? Uh, DJ Papa Smurf. <laughs> okay. We're here with DJ Papa Smurf. On the, on the ones and twos. <laughs> Who's known for making great decisions about his I identity. I just almost spit all over your beautiful microphone. <laughs> You're ruining the show already. Congratulations. I'm already creating more work for myself in post-production. That's great. GG. Yeah, I'm just the producer, so don't mind me. I'm the guy behind the curtain. <laughs> we can call him the whiz. Right. I'm the whiz master. <laughs> He's very good at what he does. Uh-huh. And what do you do? You're a renaissance man. I, I, I don't quite know how to... Let's start with you. We're going to introduce... Yeah, let's put, I, I want to start with let's you. Let's put DJ Papa Smurf on the because spot Because you're the here. glue holding this together already. Mm-hmm. If you guys I, would talk... All this mics, equipment that we're using, <laughs> which is, be a lot better. he's going to be in total control. I don't even know how to edit this stuff later. And he's my mm. right-hand man. I'm on your left. <laughs> Damn it. Just to clarify... Danny's in the middle of a G- of a Gina PJ sandwich. That's right. Lucky Danny. So tell us about what you do. I want to hear specifically oh. about that little comic book of yours. I know. Yes. Not, we're not talking about yep. Please. Stuff. Come on, guys. Let's so, talk about something else. We want to geek out and talk about comic books. We don't have much interesting content it's for this very first show. what we have in common here. How can we not have interesting content? <clears> we're, <throat> we're talking about the entire Las Vegas art scene. All I wanted to do was introduce ourselves, introduce... The hope and the concept behind the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get to a lot of art interviews. I'm going to burn through all my artist friends, get them all to say yes at least yeah, once. at least once. Until they're sick me of too. me. Mm-hmm. I want to get as many voices on the air as we can. I want to have a voice for our little burgeoning downtown Las Vegas art I scene. I agree. I agree. I, I think, think this is a great idea. I can't seem to find any content on iTunes that you can listen to as, as a working artist. I love to listen to audio shows. Mm-hmm. Okay? Howard Stern. 
podcasts. I got lots of different podcasts. I used to listen to PJ's first podcast, Pocket Full of Awesome. I don't Aww. know if that's still ever going oh, on. History. Po- po- pocket Full of Awesome. Pocket Full of Awesome. <laughs> he, he didn't have a teen. I don't know if I should point that out. He can edit that part out. I just thought, why isn't there any great content to listen to while you're, while you're painting um, besides music about what, what other artists do? And then the impetus for this actually came down when I was interviewed a while back. She was a great interviewer for a local radio show, and she had a great idea to have an artist talking to another artist and trying to get them to interview themselves, which was really my idea, too. Um, she did a pretty good job. I, I, I liked the idea. I loved, I loved vamping it up with this other artist. It, I think we had some really great words. But then that interview got lost. Bummer. I've been really sad about it ever since. Like the some good stuff. Covenant? Yeah. Yes. It's did the Nazis a, go hunting for it's it? It's in a giant <laughs> warehouse, never to be found again. It probably was never recorded to begin with. So, fuck it. We're going to make our own underground street-related Vegas art scene podcast, and we'll see where it goes. Well, my idea of this radio show is I would like not just artists to be interested in listening. I would like people who are friends of artists or are intrigued by art, you know, to be able to listen to this absolutely, you know, show as well and maybe get some information that they would never... And I don't, don't want to be the continuing personality to the show. I want to be sort of a producer role. I want to line up guests, you know, try to think of some content for it all the time, supply what I can, give advice. When I, I, I mean, I always want to chime in, but ultimately we want the voices to be the artists, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's why I asked Gina Q to help me out. Ooh, she, was, she was one of the first names on a very short list. <laughs> and you said yes very quickly I to me. did. I have the face for radio. I so, don't buy that. Yeah, no, 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 for real. She's I've... trying to call herself ugly, <laughs> no, and she's no. not. <laughs> no, no, I've always wanted to uh, have my own radio show since I was six years old. I should probably explain, though, you're a curator, gallerist. I am. Of Blackbird Studios. Mm-hmm. And I initially thought maybe it was kind of weird to ask another <clears throat> curator, gallerist, because there might be a conflict of interest. But that's stupid, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense And you no had really great me. thoughts about that when mm-hmm. we talked. I, I say we're all friends down here. We've all known each other for years and years. We're all coming up at the same time. We're neighbors. We're artists. It doesn't make any sense to me that there would be any competition whatsoever. We're here that's, to help each other out. Yeah, that's just not even in my you know in my mindset. Especially giving new artists confidence. Yeah, to, absolutely. To approach the scene, network. Yes. Get their work seen. Yes, because we were all newbies so ten years little, ago. Give us a little history about you. How did you how did how did you lose your art virginity? Um, <laughs> well, this was like a million trillion years ago. I started uh, I started out as a comic book tracer inker in the nineties, and um, it's not a tracer. <laughs> oh, let me ask you: What do you call something when yes, somebody draws something yes. and someone else draws Listen, right over it? I added shading and and depth and perception to other people's work when they would hand me sketches. I made it look good. I made it nice. Now, this just sounds like some silly teenage girl with a dream. I mean, you didn't do it for real, did you? What I, what, what publishing companies did you work for? I <laughs> Damn. You had to bring that up. <laughs> I knew he was going to bring this up because he thinks it's so what? funny. What? It's an honest question that yes. the listeners okay. are wondering themselves. Here's, here's for full disclosure. I um I couldn't get any jobs at the very beginning cuz I was a female and I didn't have any actual life experience and comic experience so my my first comic books that i ever inked or traced were porno comic books i knew you were gonna say that and it's the funniest thing because people who because anyone who knows me 
knows I'm I'm such a prude and I'm so shy and anything makes me blush and I'm inking porno comics at 21 years old in my comic book store. Are we going to get this on the website? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Is any no. of it saved? No. Damn no, it. and I used a pen name and nobody will ever know. Ooh, yes. okay. And yes. we're going to pry that out of you in season no. two, like a cliffhanger type situation? Uh, I don't think so. Well, but you've published for, for better places than that. I did. I did. I did a, um, a book for Marvel, and I did a lot of independent uh, comic books. I well, went to ApeCon a few throw years. Throw some names out there. I'm not throwing any name. I'm not a name dropper. Oh, you don't want to give us the title of what the work you did? No. Well, I did a, a rendition of Cloak and Dagger for Marvel. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I did some Stormwatch. A lot of image, random titles, one-shot books, and... Gosh. A lot of gritting teeth and half-naked girls. Yes, yes. Nice. Yes, those were the good old days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. You're going to have to share it at some point, because I've not seen... Is any of this stuff saved? No. Really? Well, it, it's... I mean, we can find it Danny, somewhere. Uh, or anyone who has access to a, com- <laughs> a an, an internet connection right now... What is this connection you speak of? You could go to comicbookdb.com. If she wasn't using an alias in her image years... Then I was. Ooh, yeah. the shut whole down. Time. Yeah, I had to use a boy's name to get shut jobs. Shut up. I used a boy's name. What's the name? I'm not telling oh, you. Oh, come on. No. Why are you... It's not the porn. I didn't know you were secretive about it. Oh, yes, I always was. I'm going to find out. Mm. I know Were you people. not proud of the work? Not... Well, I mean, the porno, obviously... Was I it was, all inking work? Yes. I By the next episode, I will have found <laughs> samples of this. That's your mission. <laughs> no, don't worry. I'll forget it by tonight, now, I will. Oh we don't want to announce anything. We, we don't want to out her if she doesn't want to be outed, but we want to hold it over her for yeah, as long as possible. Yeah, you're going to be... Hold, I'm that sure we've, that's we've got what that you're going to be doing. Someone's taking notes in the corner right now. <laughs> Let, let's move along. What, how did you break into fine art? What was your, what was your first show? And I, I want to mention, too, that you've been voted as the Vegas Valley number one artist... By City Life? Uh, what year Las was Vegas that? Weekly. Oh, weekly. 07, 08, I think. 08. Yes. Oh, yeah. But you were yeah. working before that for how long? As yes. a fine artist. As a fine artist. About four or five years before that. Yes. What was your first show? Well, my, um, my venture with First Friday literally started the second month that it started. November of, I guess, 2002, yes. not 2001, yes. Yes. Um, was my first sort of like, you know, fine art you know, in the community. And, and you did the whole street scene. You had your yep. own tent for a while. Yep. Lots of different yep. stuff. You always participated. When did you, what was your first curating position? Like, when did you, I guess, take over place first? Yes, that was, um, well, no. What I did was I started at the Neonopolis about three years ago, or maybe it was three and a half years ago now. What is that location called? Oh, Spain? it was the Southern Nevada Museum of Fine Art, and, and it's still there. It's yes. actually an actual museum now. It's a beautiful museum. Yes. If anyone hasn't gone, they should totally go. It's definitely worth a trip I to I believe uh, Lincoln Manor speaks yes. there. Yes, yes. Yeah, his his work is there. We were there last Saturday night, right before my car accident. That's where we were. <laughs> yes. I'm really sorry about rear-ending you, by the way. Oh, thanks a lot. I just... I, I really appreciate I that. I saw your rear-end and got really excited. He only rear-ended oh. you because oh. I rear-ended him. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It was a chain reaction. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think I just made Gina blush. Oh, boy. Yep. Well, do you want to say anything about your new position at Blackbird? This is the season where our group shows start. You know, October, November, December is when we have the most fun in our galleries because it's all group shows. It's all crazy. Um, We've got Zombies and Nevada coming up. 
if anyone has like Nevada pride, they're welcome to do a Nevada piece. Um, and then it's going to be our second annual zombie show. We had one last year and it was phenomenal. We had like 400 zombies walking up and down the Las Vegas arts district. Really? That yeah. Many? There was so many of them. They, they came in on school buses. It was, it was insane. It was amazing. It was totally amazing. And this is happening again when? Um, this is happening again, October 7th. On first Friday night. On first Friday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're having our second annual zombie, uh, you know, there, zombie a go-go at that, our... Right? At our uh, gallery. Well, if the show comes out, if this podcast <clears throat> comes out mm-hmm. after the fact, mm-hmm. it was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> you was missed it. Where were you? There was 800 zombies this time. Yeah, it you should have been there. I sorry it was that all you didn't directed come. by Frank Darabont. Ooh, That's good one. The Walking Dead reference. Yeah, I know. Um, so we're gonna. Go you know, to he break. got fired, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I was trying to give him work <laughs> in oh. my imaginary oh, okay. tale of him. Directing this is on right, walk fellas. instead. Droning. Let's um, go. I know. I'm I'm good with all these names I'm gonna throw at you guys. And you could totally veto me or come up with a better one if you want, or just vote on one of these. I I'll probably be happy with any of them. Mm-hmm. So I got from the ones that just function for the show, mm-hmm. I was thinking artist to artist. Because mm-hmm. we're gonna hopefully always have two artists interviewing. So we're each naming other. the show right now. Uh, right. These are your options. Well, you don't have to vote right this okay. second. Maybe we can decide when we come back. Okay. We could do a Facebook poll. We could do a Facebook. Ooh, we a have Facebook. people email. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll go with that. That's how we got Blackbird the Studios. We'll That's how we ended up naming our gallery. Right. It took forever and it was really annoying. Well, my idea was that we we pick a name right now, and then I can have <laughs> Lee actually secure it. I I don't this this can't be released until. We have the website, we right. have the Facebook setup, right. we have the email, blah, blah, right. blah, the RSS. Right. So, let's, yeah, I want to decide it right on the show. Okay, so what 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 else beside artist to artist? Um, let's see. Because obviously PJ hates that. I, Using don't, the n- I don't hate it, but <laughs> it sounds like there should be ferns and we should, and we should be wearing it like bell bottoms or something. You're listening, you're listening to the voice <laughs> of the artist community. Yes, exactly. That's what I, I was thinking. I didn't really want it. I wanted it to be edgier than that. Um, I was thinking of Artist Statement Podcast. That's the name uh, of the gallery. Nice, nice little plug in. Nice, nice branding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of generic too, maybe. I don't know. But maybe just plain and simple is good. It tells you the show. Artist statement. No. Keep going. Keep going. Artist revenge. <laughs> Artist revenge. Anyone? Mm. Epi- episode Mm-mm. three, Revenge of the Artist. Revenge. <laughs> 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 the the good thing with that is we can keep going back and re-editing it all the time and True. adding, mm. you know, like we can make Gina shoot first in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a bit of a cliche, but I wrote down art or die. Oh, God. <laughs> it's awful, huh? That is awful. Well, keep th- going. This is why you're going to help. I can't take this. Danny, stick to painting, buddy. All right. I will. <laughs> stick to painting. Buddy. Let's call it that. Stick to painting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't name the show. Everyone's going to vote for that one. All right. How about the... Insec- Don't quit your day job. How about the Insecure Artist Podcast? <laughs> Nobody knows how to spell insecure. They're not going to find it on the web. I'm okay. just saying. We can spell it like with a street spelling. It'd be like <laughs> no, I-N-S-E-K-U-R. No. <laughs> Leet speak? Yeah. I think that'll be There'll it. be a backward three in there somewhere or something. I mean, they're going to find it on iTunes anyway. Just probably... Do a search for awesome <laughs> podcast. Oh awesome podcast. Oh, wait, is that in the running now? <laughs> I believe I've got the uh, I've got the rights to the anything awesome. In oh podcast. my god! All right, this next one's my favorite. I don't know if we can get away with using it. It's already taken as a Facebook title. Boobs and dragons. Oh god! I I'm pitching it seriously because it's cute. It's stupid, but 
it's exactly what I always say whenever I don't know <laughs> what I want to do with a painting or a work or how to make it more special. I'll just throw some boobs and dragons in it and it'll come out awesome. What do you mean it's already a Facebook title? Somebody already took boobs and dragons That's as their really Facebook too page. Bad. And, you don't and it's literally paintings with boobs and dragons in them. Then, then I would, but they then stopped using it. It doesn't matter. It's a definite no because it's already out there. Sorry uh, about but your they luck, stopped Danny. Using. Maybe we could buy it from them or something. <laughs> that was an idea. No. Gina throw this one Aww. out um, when she said it. I liked it. Just the Starving Artist podcast. Mm-hmm. No? I like it. I mean, you said it, and I, th- I, I thought that was an interesting, just normal kind of phrase to use. How about I'm starving surprised. for art? Starving for art? Lame. Sorry. Yeah, we don't need the lame, four in though. there. I, look, I'm allowed to throw out lame stuff, too. <laughs> Danny, Danny had a whole list. <laughs> Danny had a whole list. Most of these weren't mine, in my defense. Are you going to say they were whose? The character of Danny came up with this. <laughs> See, this is why you need to use an alias, because you just be like, uh... Yeah, it was that other guy's. He sucks. My, my character is D-Rob. That yeah. was D-Rob. All right. How about the legitimate art podcast? Wasn't D-Rob the name of a character in The Dark Knight Returns? Mm. Not the movie, the comic. I have no idea. I don't know. No, there was just a Rob. There was Rob Wait, and... Wait, Engineer, your nerd is showing right now. <laughs> We're going to so, show yeah, our nerds I'm totally, right here on the Because I'm show. totally sitting in a room with two people who know nothing about comic books. <laughs> Batman? Because what's a Batman? Because Gina Q didn't used to run a comic book store. That's right. We're probably gonna have nothing and but half comic of book artists. Have Batman in them in some form or another. This is true. There's always a hidden Batman yeah. element. It's like Blade Wears Waldo with Danny's paintings. I love we, we got you snorting. I love it. I love it. All right. Yeah. Okay. What about All legitimate art podcasts? <clears throat> too, le- to too legit, too quick. I don't know. Do you have to have podcast in the title? Yeah, we don't. You'll no, need, you'll need to say podcast. All right, because it's going to be used as a brand for T-shirts and toilet paper and other things. <laughs> it is. Yeah, when you're eventually selling merchandise. Oh. Right. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Think about it. We're gonna have to come up with more creative names. So it's got to be something that's yeah. going to be uni- that ki- that that applies to the show, but can also be used to brand the show. Right. Hmm. We want to own this thing. We own do. It. I mean, own I'm going to own it. You know what? You know what? I would like. I would like my soda back from the engineer. He stole well, my diet coke. Maybe if when you go, wasn't when we go to break it on the table <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> the rest of us seem uh, able to drink beverages without banging and rolling them on the table. I hear this rumbling. I'm like, is she on the mic? Which no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose a drinking game eventually in the future. Every time we get Gina to snort, boom! Right? Everybody shots. Good idea. We should start that right now. I okay. believe that's coming up. That's what we're going to break for. <laughs> yeah. All right, this is my last suggestion. It's the best one. Barely legal art. No, that sounds really porno coming it's, from it's Sin come City, on, Las that's Vegas. awesome. Barely legal. Barely legal art. Um, I like it for something else. Okay. Like if I was to open an adult shop. Exactly what I was thinking. So what you're basically saying is none of these work yet. <laughs> I did not say that. I think we need to ruminate over a round of shots. Okay. Yeah. Everything will sound better once yes. we get some of those into us. Indeed. It'll bring clarity to it. Because so far, this is not any different from Pocketful of Awesome. Right. <laughs> you should know that. But Pocketful of Awesome oh, was awesome. Totally awesome. We're going to get better. I'm sure. And I'm not just saying that because we went to high school together. Right. Mm-hmm. Once Dale gets here, we're going to get a lot better. Yeah, it'll get arty. That's a lot of pressure we're putting on Dale. Well, he can handle it. He's strong. He's a big man. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors that don't exist. <laughs> um, we're back with 
the greatest American artist, <laughs> I believe, by his no, own words. No. Wow. With the Dale Mathis, who's been an original wow. art scene. <laughs> Thank you, engineer. Contributing artist to the downtown scene mm-hmm. for longer than me. How? Uh, when did you first get involved with First Friday? Oh, God. Probably maybe two years before I met you guys, which is, I don't even remember how long. Would you say your art career started at First Friday? Yeah. I would definitely say that. Isn't that um, funny how many art careers start yeah. and have started at First Friday? Was it because of Iceberg Slick? It was very much because of okay. Iceberg Slick. Uh, prior to doing artwork, I was a bouncer huh? at the strip club. I could totally see that. It's true. I could see that. <laughs> he's a big guy. I'm sitting bouncer. across from a very, very big fella. <laughs> he's big yeah. and intimidating, he's but big. he's yeah. wonderful. He's got big, big arms. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, a teddy he's bear. He's a teddy bear. I am a teddy bear. I can be a grizzly bear if people piss me oh. off. But we're going to edit that out because right. I want everyone to think yeah. you're a badass because yeah. you are. Yeah, you totally um, Let me back up a little bit. Uh, we're at Statement Art Gallery. Mm-hmm. This is our first interview, and I'm so honored to have you. Um, you're an incredible inspiration. I was going through all your stuff last night, your website, some interviews I can find, let the record, videos. Let the records reflect. This is my very, very first podcast interview. Oh, excellent. Nice. I've been asked before, but I... It just never happened. And, and you were waiting for the right one. Yes. yes. Thank you. And I want to say that this is probably going to be your first official solo show in the downtown area for I don't know how long. Yes. But Lee yes. said by your own words that this show at Statement was the first time you've been asked to have a show down here for a long time. Actually, I've never had a solo show. Really? Yeah. I've had, I've done shows at the uh, the bigger commercial galleries, but it's not like a real show. It's just more like a right come in one day, shake people's hands. Well, Talk up the art, try to sell it, go home. We're, we're going to go off your website for today and just mm-hmm. pimp theartofdalemathis.com. Yes, it is. D-A-L-E-M-A-T-H-I-S. Mm-hmm. Let's describe it a little bit, Danny. Yeah. Because this is a radio. People can't really and see anything. It's, it's, actually, it's, actually, it's actually theartofdalemathis.com. Theartofdalemathis.com. It's a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, cool. actually. We'll, we'll include links uh, and everything yeah. on the uh, yeah. posts. And oh, good idea. Yes. But Gina's, Gina's right yeah. because we're there's an inherent problem <laughs> we, with we our podcast. We know what it looks like. The right. people who are listening may not know. It, I always it's thought it's very sculptural. Yeah. Um, he makes these amazing, moving. Some of these sculptures are actually moving with with gears. Yes. Um, mechanics, mm-hmm. and they're made of wood, but they look like metal. Yes, they and are. And that's what's so amazing and different about your artwork is at, at first glance, and even at second glance. They look like metal pieces, and you touch them, and you're like, they're wood. It's yes. amazing. Yes. They don't totally look like they're amazing. from this world, in my opinion. No, they don't. They really don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't. Yeah, there are wood. They're mostly made out of wood. There are some metal elements to it. Um, the finish looks like metal because it is metal. It's actually a, a gilded uh, silver leaf, gold leaf, copper leaf, mm-hmm. whatever, um, on top of the wood, which paint can't, you know, paint can't achieve, paint can't achieve the sheen mm-hmm. that natural metal can. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why I gild them. So you're shown on the strip right now. You have pieces where people can go mm-hmm. and they can go to the Goddard yes. Gallery. Yes, so you can go to the... Goddard is at Planet Hollywood. Okay. In the, in the uh, Miracle Mile Shops. Okay. And then Signature Gallery is at the Venetian. Okay. In the, I forgot what the name of the mall is mm-hmm. there, but it's in the mall in the back. Okay. Near, and they can the also Palazzo. see it at Statement Art oh, Gallery yeah. for the entire month of October, I believe. After first Friday. Ma- maybe a little beyond. And if we don't give it back, even longer. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a beautiful desk at the Brett Wesley Gallery. Yes, that's yes. that's that's correct. Have that's you ever correct. signed a contract anywhere? I don't do contracts. Um, 
What's your position on that? Uh, I don't want to be a slave. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? My, my people have, have gotten past that. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I'm asking, like, how do you get around it? I would imagine some of these larger galleries you're involved in would pressure you for it. I mean, uh, yes, have you do. been pressured? Oh, and yes, how do you yes, get out of it? Yes, you just tell them no. <laughs> they want we, your all, we all have a choice. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. It's that simple. You know, I'm a, you know, the art world, the art, I call it the art game. <laughs> the art game is a tough business. You know, that, that whole thing about artists uh, starving, I, I understand. I, under, I understand. I understand why that is, because the galleries are these, a gallery, and I'm not trying to put down galleries, because you guys are a gallery, but uh, for the most part, the big, the big commercial, corporate, corporatized galleries, it's a business, and their objective is to make as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. And if they can... If they can milk you for every dime they can, they're going to do it. But, you're but it only happens if you allow it to happen. You're selling. Yes. You're selling for these guys. Yes, we are. So you've got maybe the upper ledge on the upper edge on saying no there. Yeah, well, yeah. Is that what you feel? Yeah. I, well, I think I think it has a lot to do with with how you deal with people. I mean, you know, if you come in if you come into a situation soft, oh, like a lot of artists. Well, I, you know, I don't. How much do you want you for your piece? Well, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm attached. To That's it. not I'm, a good position. Yeah. To be in. No, you just yeah. showed this guy that you're weak. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's gonna. He's gonna. Um, he's gonna take advantage of you. You know, if you're going, if the guy says, "Well, how much you want for this piece?" Well, I want this much. This is how much I want. And if it doesn't work out this way, we can go this way. If you don't want to do it that way, we can go this way. We could do a 50-50 deal, or we could do a 60-40 deal. We could do a. Uh, well, I can sell it to you at a wholesale price, and you buy it for this much. And then you can sell it for this much. This is my suggested retail price, but you can't put it on the web. You, you know, it's, it's, it's just business. You gotta, you gotta come are you in. Still, are you still involved this much closely to your own business? It feels very, to me like very much you're so. in you're in multiple galleries across the United States. I don't know if you know yeah. this. He's on yes, the East actually, Coast. Actually, around the world. That's I'm around what the world. I would like yeah. to. I'd like to sort of get to the. How do you go from a bouncer in Las mm -hmm. Vegas mm -hmm. to having a company and, and actually having a factory in the Philippines mm -hmm. creating your artwork for you? How do you do that? How did how did that happen? <laughs> we want how your does that happen? Story in that one yeah, and you long, have sixty seconds. We'll go. Story, We're gonna get there. Long story. We'll drag that one slowly. <laughs> actually, I want to back up and, mm -hmm. and and give you guys a quick little uh, try to describe this as a, as an illustration for who Dale, Dale Mathis is. Because um, I knew him in 2004. He was one of the first reasons, actually, why I, I got involved with Iceberg Slick. And I saw your work early on. Mm -hmm. um, and we were both part of a, a team called uh, Five Finger Miscount Jesus. It almost mm -hmm. fell out of my head. Um, <laughs> and and uh, we, we, had, uh, we had some collaboration together a little bit. He was helping me make some clocks for him. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really know Dale's work. Okay, I'd seen the one clock. I think I'd seen you working on an earlier incarnation of, of the moving table, the executive desk. If you want to look at his website, I think it's called the Executive Desk. Here's how I got to know who Dale Mathis was. There was an art expo in Las Vegas, 2008, 2009, the first 2007. one? 2007. 2007. Mm -hmm. We go to the art expo, me and my wife, Lee. We're walking around the whole show. Now, this was supposed to be made into a big deal. The art expo is huge yes. in New York, obviously, yes. and huge, I think, in L.A., in both locations. Mm -hmm. And this was the first one here. So everybody's all excited about it. There was a lot of politics and, and it was yeah. maybe five thousand dollars for the smallest booth there. Right, right, it's a big right, deal. Right. Um, Dale has dreamt of being involved with the art expo for years. For years. It right. was one of his goals as an artist. He can tell that story later. Mm -hmm. So we're walking around this thing and initial this was this was the middle of Saturday, their opening day, and it was dismally dead. Like there was nobody walking these aisles. Right. 
we were we were going up to a few artists we knew who were lucky enough to get some boots, maybe through sponsorship or whatever, because uh, they couldn't afford it. Right, who and can? some local artists. Mm-hmm. And we're walking around. We turned the corner down this one aisle, and it was literally swamped. And I'm not exaggerating, probably three, four people mm-hmm. deep trying to get in on Dale Mathis's booth. Yeah. You couldn't see his work. Aww. They were all right there. I'm I'm really not exaggerating on that story. And I was like. Holy shit, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was an amazing experience. You really opened my eyes with that. I appreciate it, brother. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was my first real, I don't want to say real show, but it was my first real, it was my introduction into the, into, the, into the professional art world because that's what that show is designed for. It's designed to introduce, introduce you to galleries, gallery owners, uh, museum owners, the people who are running, you know, the real art world. And uh, it was an expensive investment. The real art world. The real art world. The real so art there world. is a real one. It's not. <laughs> it's not a myth. As we, the the business the business side of the art world, I guess. But um, it was a uh, it was an expensive venture, but it paid off. Yeah, well it worth off. it. It paid off. But my first show. You skyrocketed after that appearance. That, yeah, that was just show that. You that, that was just yeah. That was just show that kind of put my name out there. Mm-hmm. Put put me on the map want to call it that what did it do to you psychologically after that i mean were you totally fine or was it a whole bunch of extra pressure now because you it was a lot of pressure afterwards because now you you know you do this show people the gallery owners come there to buy art they're looking for the next new thing and uh, like you said my booth was swamped i because it was the first time it was the first time that artwork that looked like my art was introduced to the to the mainstream art world so and you sold I sold. I did about. Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. It's, it's 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 an investment. Life is an investment. Okay, you have to invest in yourself. That booth cost me five grand. Okay, that first show we sold eighty thousand dollars worth of artwork. Wow. The first day. Wow. That's just the first day. So I made <laughs> Go the money. On. I flipped. I flipped the television show. Flipped flip my, my house. <laughs> nice. But you know, I had to take the money in and reinvest right. it back because mm-hmm. now you have. I have yeah. to, to. Your, your have, artwork is not cheap. It does not no, no, look no, cheap. No, 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 no. So you just take the money and reinvest it because now you have now you have to make more of it mm-hmm. because you, now you have galleries that have bought your artwork and you're, they bought your program. It's called a program. They buy your program, and you have to uh, supply the supply and demand thing. So, Amazing. but unfortunately, right after Art Expo 2008 is when the economy tanked. Mm-hmm. Tanked, right. tanked for everybody and. This last year is just now starting to pick back up. As far I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of the art world, right? Starting to pick back up now. Um, so we did good, and when I say we, I'm speaking on behalf of of people who invested in me and my employees that work for me. I don't just speak and say it's me because it's not just me. I don't make every single piece of artwork. So to clarify, for people looking at your website, the mm-hmm. pieces on there, you, you basically make them each time. Is that how I understand it? No. I make the first one. I'll design it. I'll fabricate the first piece. So that's my original. And then so, for example, I have, let's say the heart, for example. I make the heart. The heart piece is sold in an edition <clears throat> of 100. What's the title of that one? Uh, the Beat of My Broken Heart. Right. So The Beat of My Broken Heart is sold in an edition of... 100. I'll make the first one, and then my staff would basically replicate it over and over and over. 
your work is not static. Looking at the websites, one thing, um, but it's all it, a lot of them have moving pieces. It's mm-hmm. The gears all move together. Mm-hmm. It's very steampunk looking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's lights uh, and functioning clocks when, when mm-hmm. you make clock pieces, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to it, and and for people to maybe check out. Do you have a YouTube channel? I, I maybe actually I do have a YouTube channel. If you just go to the search engine and type in my name, my stuff pops up. Yeah, you come up pretty. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Arrogant artist. Arrogant artist. But I'm artist. going to be I'm going to be redoing it. I'm going to call it the Art of Del Mathis. Yeah, and for the record, I was thinking of naming the podcast the Arrogant. Artist. I was going to say Dale. Can we? Can we? Yeah, uh, I know. Maybe it's an awesome word. <laughs> I, like, I like arrogant. It could be sponsored by Del Mathis. You know what? You know what? You know why I took that years ago? <laughs> I did that be, as a marketing ploy to to get people to remember me. Uh, you know, he's, I'm not arrogant. I mean, some I people some people say I mean I can't act loud. Let me draw a picture for the listeners right now. <laughs> Dale is wearing a T-shirt with a picture of himself on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, underneath, and underneath the picture, it says "Number One Artist." Yeah. So, <laughs> make, make your own. Uh, that draw is a your great T-shirt. I did an interview with, uh, I think it was Fox or something, years ago. And I was, you know, it was when I first started. And I was trying to come off as, like, this big shot artist. And I remember, I mean, I, when I looked at the video, I'm like, oh, my God, don't I sound like, I'm just, like, ridiculously arrogant. <laughs> but the guy said, well, what do you, what do you, what do you want to be? I mean, what do you see yourself in the, in the, in the, in the future? I said, well, I'm going to be the next great American artist. I'm like, and when I looked at the video, I'm like, God damn. Which is this. why I introduced that way. Like, <laughs> that was a little arrogant. Why well, I think you are. No. I agree. I'm kissing ass. No, yeah. no, no. But your story's... Wait, be- you think he's arrogant or you think he's the next great American artist? <laughs> do I have to decide on I'm one? I'm going to say both. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I think if you're American, the arrogant, you know, yeah. comes along oh, with the, oh, here we go. Well, we can talk we about go. that. Well, we can, that, well, we can talk about that. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I, I want to try to get a little personal with you, but you've gotten personal um, about your work, and mm-hmm. a lot of people see it uh, maybe as an homage to uh, Salvador Dali mm-hmm. or the whole steampunk movement and all that, but actually you personalize a lot of your pieces. There's a lot of you yeah. and your childhood, and mm-hmm. we're going to try to get Gina to cry. With this, I hope that's the goal. So, if you don't mind telling us, I I, I remember the the key piece or the key to freedom. Key to freedom. The, mm-hmm. Is that the keyhole piece? Yes. I want you to talk about that one. Okay, I did a piece called Key to Freedom, and uh, Key to Freedom is about events that happened to me when I was a child. Uh, I don't remember how old I was, but my uh, there was a guy involved in our life, and. Uh, he was really abusive, not only abusive to me, but abusive to my uh, my mom as well. My mom doesn't like me talking about this stuff in, you in still public. Close to her. Yeah, we're still cool. We're still cool. I remember the first time I did an interview about this, and they talked about it. She was, I think she was, she was, she was hurt and she was offended that I would even bring it up um, because she felt that it made her look bad, like she was a bad mom. Right. But you know, it wasn't her fault. It uh, it's just something that happened. And um, she had no control over it. Eventually, she got us out of the situation. But anyway, the guy was just really abusive. The guy would come home from work and was just brutal. I mean, he would just nitpick anything, like, look at that piece of hair on the ground, and you would get beat for it because Sounds like it was Yeah, it wasn't there. I remember one time we went to the movies, and uh, I went to the bathroom. And, you know, guys have that little split in their underwear where you, you know what I'm What's saying? What's that for? Well, yeah, exactly. What is that for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. So, you know, but, you know, guys don't normally use that. You just do your thing. You, you pull them down and you do your thing. And I remember he beat me in the bathroom at the theater for that. Oh my he was God. just a total dick. 
It's a total dick. And um, we had a kitchen, and our kitchen was just like a hall. And on the back porch, which we called it the back porch, which you don't have here, but on the back porch was a washing machine and dryer. And my mom was standing there. And I remember I was in the other room about to go into the kitchen to get something to eat. And I just remember him and my mom was arguing. And he had my mom like in a chokehold, like was holding her in the air. And uh, I just remember the light shining from the, the window in the back because it was like a, like a silhouette, you know. And I was just thinking I should get the knife and stab this guy. But I was so scared of the dude, you right. know. I didn't know what to do, so I just, you know, kind of just walked away. But um, anyway, that's what stayed that argument This is an absolutely yeah, beautiful room. Yeah, I stayed piece. in the room. So I went in the room. Yeah, you know, and I would go in my bedroom, and I would look through. The, when he would come over, I would just look through the keyhole and mm-hmm. look through the keyhole, and you know, when he would come home, because I didn't want to cross paths with him because I didn't want to get in trouble. You know, me and my brother specifically remember this guy, and um, that's what that piece is all about. So if you look at the piece, you look at the keyhole. Right. You're looking through the keyhole. You see the clouds in the background. You know that's that's the freedom. That's your uh, that's why it's called the key to freedom. Right. You know, that's your way out. That's your and escape. Like a statue and the statue is, represents my mom, okay. who eventually got us out of the situation, holding the key right. to our freedom. And so. it's even more beautiful after you explain it. I mean, yeah. it was beautiful before, yeah. but it's absolutely stunning now yeah, that I know the the backstory about, about it. So, is it fair to say you grew up maybe a little bit angry, in a not so great? side of town. I lived in Inglewood, California, right. which is the seedy, I would be considered the seedy side of town. Um, we've all moved away from it. Right. I go back. But you came close maybe to letting that world grab you a little bit. I mean, from what I understand, um, you skated uh, some, some gangs and some, some bad types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, the, whole, the whole environment was gangs and gangsters and Drug dealers and were you creative at that time? Oh my God, that's all I did. I spent the, most of my time in my bedroom. I was a creator. I was from the time I was a child to the time I was an adult. I've always drawn. I used to draw on paper, and then as I got older, I got into three D stuff. I wanted. To, I used to call it back engineering. Right. I would take a toy, take it apart, see how it worked, and then try to make it better. Oh. A tinkerer. Um, yeah, yeah. I was a tinkerer, like a MacGyver. I was the MacGyver of the hood. <laughs> Did I guess what I'm asking is like, do you think you kept that to yourself? Um, My creativity. Yeah, like I just got the impression that I mean, you were you were you were you know your own impetus for for making this stuff and. No, I wasn't. Everybody knew I was creative. If that's what you mean, I mean, everybody okay. knew that I was. Everybody would say that that guy, that boy's gonna be somebody, or that boy's okay. gonna do something. You know, that boy's got talent. You know, I didn't. I wasn't. An outgoing kid. I spent a lot of time in the house, whereas my brother and my cousins, they were, you know, they were more outside. Um, I was in the room creating, making stuff. I could sit in my room. My mom would tell me I could. I was the type of kid who could sit in the room all day and just do my own thing. All I needed was a piece of paper, maybe some glue, right. some scissors. Hmm. My big thing was I was in the plastic, so I would, you know, back in the day they had the cassette tapes. So I would take the cassette tapes, and then I would take the butter knife and put it on the oven and heat it up until it turned red. And then that's how you cut the knife, to cut the plastic into the shapes that you want. So I would make things out of that. So, I mean, I was like a total geek <laughs> when I was a kid. you call yourself se- self-educated because of this? Or did you have a formal art education? At no, no, I had no formal art education. I, okay. I, w- I would say all this attributed to what I do now, actually. Well, m- move me along to your first uh, maybe professional gig. First real, how how'd you break your your art gallery virgin <laughs> cherry, as I like to say. <laughs> I said that very badly, very but you know what I mean. Very eloquently too, Danny. 
What? Good. How about that diversion? You should right. have your own uh, radio show. Um, my introduction. You know, when did you know you were going to make your, it into the gallery? Popping your art cherry. That's with, right. With Danny Roberts. That's right. Hey, I will vote for that. Oh God. My first oh, no. exposure to art sh- to an art gig. So I had a bachelor pad. I don't know. I think I was like 26 or something, 27. And so I wanted to deck out the pad. So I went and got um, to my friend's house. He had a big clock on his wall, but it was a mirror. It was a mirror clock. I said, man, that's cool. You know, so I went and looked at the clock. And, he has, and the clock was like $500. I'm like, damn, I could make that. So <laughs> I went to, uh, to uh, Home Depot. I don't remember. I don't think it was Home Depot at the time. But I went there, bought the, some foam, a big sheet of foam and some particle board. And I went to the clock store here, and they sold me the mortar for like 60 bucks. <laughs> $60. The mortar is like $5. That's how much mm-hmm. it really costs. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I learned that years ago, years later, I mean. Anyway, so I made a clock and put it on my wall. It was just cool, and everybody dug it when they came over. And then I had a friend who had the gift of gab. Hmm. He said, man, you should put these in art galleries. Now, I don't know nothing about art gallery. You know? Wait, you had never like dreamed of getting into an art gallery no, before not, that? No, not prior to that. Okay. Uh, how, how old I, were you at that time? 25, 26. Wow. Okay. Something like that. Um, so he went to a gallery and talked me up. And uh, I put, I did a piece and I put it in there. And uh, we sold it the first week for like oh. a grand. Oh, no. Amazing. And that, that's when I decided I want to do, get into this art clocky thingy. <laughs> and so I quit my job and everything crashed. It didn't work because I didn't know anything about business. So I went back to work. Some years went by. I got a job at the Venetian. This was the turning point for me. I got a job at the Venetian because I was a construction worker too. This is before bouncing, the bouncing thing. My dad okay. was a carpenter. My dad's dad was a carpenter. So I was a carpenter. And uh, working at the Venetian, I worked with the company that did all the facade work outside of it to make it look like Venice, Italy. So I worked with the company that did the sculpting and whatnot. But I was just a forklift operator. So I would, I started getting in good with these guys and hanging out with them and whatnot. I did that job, and after that job, that's when I decided I want to I want to get back into this art thing. But I had learned a lot more, you know, on the on the on the technical side. Of, of of creating. You mean you learned like woodworking and well, I already knew the wood. Metal. I knew I knew a little bit about woodworking because my my father was a carpenter. Um, but the art side of it, you know, because the whole the whole theme at the Venetian is is Renaissance. The whole Renaissance here. I gotcha. So I, I had an appreciation for the art side of the the history side of of art. Be, before that, I was just right. I just knew carpentry. It is one of our more beautiful casinos. I'll right, give you that. Right. Right. I moved into a storage unit, a storage unit, and um, I lived there for three years. Didn't have any money. I was broke as a mother chucker. <laughs> uh, didn't, have, didn't have a kid at the time, I don't think. I had a child yet. Because the child, when I had my daughter, it changed everything, my first child. But prior to that, I was just living this bohemian life. You were living in the workshop. Living in, in the storage unit. Okay. Lived there for was it at least three. air conditioned? It had a swamp, That's the most important it had a question. Swamp cooler. Wow. Okay. I remember in the summertime when the sun would come up, it would beam on my roll-up door and oh. bake me this, like a this mother. This is someone pretty dedicated yeah. to their art. Wow. And that's like living in a toaster oven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the wintertime, it was like living in a freezer because there was no insulation. It was just, I mean, it was cold in there. I, mean, I would put the heater next to my bed. I would make like this tarp, <laughs> put wow. the little plug-in right. heater next to me so the heat could come in, and right. then I would just curl up in a position and stay like that. Because if you moved, then that other part of your body would be cold. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And I had like a little toaster oven. But anyway, that's why I taught myself everything that I know today. Living this lifestyle. I cut club, I mean, because I was a club nut. I used to go to the clubs and right. chase women because I was single. And Did you ever bring a woman back to your storage oh, unit? Storage unit. Many, many. <laughs> and how did but, that go you know, over? Wait a minute. It's funny. You know, <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the, funny part, the, about, that's the funny part of about, That's the funny part oh about it because God. my whole spiel was I'm this artist. Uh, right. I went with the whole I'm an artist. I'm an artist. I'm an artist. I got my warehouse. <laughs> Then they would come over and I had all my artwork wow. that I was working on on the walls. And Are they wow. still there? It Did, worked. Are they I chopped mean, up? It worked. <laughs> I had a, a point. That's how that's where my daughter was made. Oh. <laughs> it's it true. She was made it as one of my greatest creations. We never found them. Oh. But a lot of good work it's came out true, of it. That is a true story. But anyway. That's what women fall for. That was storage unit. another introduction yeah. I had to you as well because um, you and... Y- y- we caught pitch to do clocks because of you and mm. if, at uh, Five Finger. Uh, right. um, Iceberg was talking to me and a bunch of artists in the room, and you were there mm. talking about Newport Gallery at that time. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought a lot of it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what you could just take your art, you know, put it on a board, make a clock. There's right. some, you know, clock shop at, right. at the forum shops. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right. And then I got talked into going to visit your your workspace there anyway. I was kind of blown away, like, mm-hmm. holy shit. And right. then I saw Newport Art, uh, Newport Clock Gallery. Yes, yes, yes. That's and was right. rather blown away there too when mm-hmm. I finally did see your pieces, mm-hmm. you know, all, all, your, all the rest of your work. And right. I guess that's my biggest compliment was you were probably the first one associated with the scene that I thought had one hell of a strong work ethic. I mm-hmm. mean, you were dedicated. Oh and, yeah, and you yeah. knew stuff that I didn't know that you yeah. could even do. And you know, I was just a painter, but mm-hmm. I'm, I was I'm still like that, even more so. I, your pieces look very very complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do you start? I mean, I know that's mm-hmm. the most generic question, but do you? engineer it out on paper first is there a math to be figured out uh, how do you get the mechanics do you, do you worry about the mechanics ahead of time mm-hmm. just in general describe how you even begin a, a, a piece and like this morning i was in the bathroom doing my thing We're thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> i was collecting my thoughts while sitting down no i had a i had a great i had this great idea for something but i'm not going to talk about it I mean, it's gonna be the, it's gonna be cool. But anyway, that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. I could be walking through Office Depot and see something, right? A bolt. Yeah, that's that's cool. That bolt could be used for blah blah blah. Actually, I have a storage in my head. I have a, a, a section for storage, so I might see something that's cool, and I I can use that for something and just put it there. I remember why I saw it, so then when I need it, I can go back and get it. Or if it's super cool, I'll just buy it and stick it in the drawer somewhere, and then. Damn, I could use that for this piece or right. whatever, you know. Um, as far as uh, my approach to an art piece, um, like right now on Facebook, you see that I'm doing that the Great Wave piece that I'm working on. That actually was an idea that I had years ago, but I never did anything with it. I just kind of just, I did like a mock-up with some pictures and stuck it on my computer. And then after this tsunami thing happened, I just, you know, maybe I should do something with that because mm. that's... Actually, what uh, Timing is inspiring is me, yeah, what's inspiring me to do that piece now. Um, as far as my other art pieces, like the Key to Freedom, for example, it's just something that happened in my life, and I wanted to. It's like a rehabilitation, not rehabilitation, um, therapy. Is there like, like I said before, is there like schematics? Is, is there any, you know, it, it, they look highly engineered. Um, I'm no. wondering how much is sort of the process where maybe I'm guessing you might start with just a few pieces and keep building up. Versus you figured out the whole thing ahead of no, time. No, 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 no. It's a build-up process. Okay. Um, 
back in the day when I first started, I built everything to scale. So I would take a big piece of paper and put it on the wall and then draw it out full scale. The first desk I made, I drew it on a table on on directly on the wood that I was going to cut from because this is when I used to cut every single part out with a jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would cut every part out and then I would make it like that. Uh, but today I just use AutoCAD. I had I made enough money to buy a CNC machine. So a CNC machine is basically a printer with a big ass router connected mm-hmm. to it. Right. So when you hit print, instead of hit instead of it printing, it's cutting. Nice. But you still have to know software. You still have to design oh, so it's it. Oh, so it's a whole lot I of mean, it's a whole bunch of physics issues right. involved with that. But it's a whole yeah, other skill level yeah. you added on to yeah, your. But just to break it down, it's just basically a big ass printer. Right. That cuts. And you're also do you do a lot of molding, which you know. Yes, I do a lot of molding. I do sculpting. I casting. I back in the day, that's when when I, when I met you. That's what we kind right. of experimented with a little bit with. I learned, you know, I learned all that stuff on my own. I learned it by watching videos. When if if I wanted to make something, because I remember when I was a kid, I would watch those behind the scenes of the George Lucas movies, and they would show you bits and pieces of how this was done and how that was done. And I spent a lot of time in the bookstore. So I would buy behind the scenes on, this is back before CGI, when they actually made scale models right. mm-hmm. of everything. Because you're still very hands-on, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love being hands-on. I love Well, uh, you are hands-on, but yet you do have a factory. Yeah. I want to talk about mm-hmm. that. Yes. Break it down. Because uh, you're probably the only uh, artist in Nevada, maybe mm-hmm. Las Vegas, that has a factory in another mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. building <laughs> artwork for them. And yes. it, it, that fascinates me. Mm-hmm. So is it a location. What's going on here? <laughs> talk to us. Actually, the fact, the fa- it's not really a big factory. It's more like a... It's like a backyard. It's a backyard. It's, you could do that in Las Vegas. It's, Come on. But not for the price I could do it over there. <laughs> oh. Not for the price I could do it over there. My sweatshop. Sweatshop. That's what I said. I'm like, let's talk about your sweatshop, Mr. No. Mathis. I, actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually working on a video to show, because I get that from a lot of people. I get that from a lot of people. There are no sweatshops in the Philippines. The Philippines is exactly, everything about the Philippines is, ex, is exactly how it is here, the way, the way people live. Life. My employees make good money. They make good money for their country. You know, they they do okay. I'm not going to get into how much they make because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. nobody's business. But yeah. right. they do okay. I, nobody lives at the shop. Nobody. Where it's they, not a sweatshop environment. It's not totally. Not. It's hot as a mother chucker there. <laughs> it, I do sweat. It's, <laughs> it's humid there. Right. But it's totally not. When I first, first, first went to the Philippines, it was all an experimental thing to see if it would work. So my first shop was in a garage. It was in the back of a garage of a factory that makes model airplanes Ooh. out of wood. And, it, and the guy that owns it, his name is uh, Hank Morris, and he's an ex-Air uh, Force pilot. Um, he makes, he does a lot of prototypes for NASA. And uh, he, like one day I went there, he had the prototype of the new... Um, Space shuttle that they're making, which was which was contracted through NASA. I saw the first, um, what do you call those planes that fly by themselves? They're called uh, the drones. The drone. I saw the first drone cut out of wood at the shop. Wow! Before anybody else saw it. So um, shh. (laughs) Yeah, they are secret. But anyway, it's uh, Danny on this show. You know they're listening. (laughs) Every day I would go like I would. It was cool working there because I would go into the front. It was called the front where the the factory was. I would go up to the front on my lunch break and just hang out with the shop workers. And it's amazing what those people do with nothing. 
because they don't have they don't have Home Depot there. That's another thing that that changed me. That changed my whole way of thinking and how I execute something. Because here I'm spoiled. If I need a ball bearing, I go to Home Depot. I go to the hobby store. You need some MDF, you go to Home Depot. You need some special bolts, you go here and you go to Lowe's or whatever. They don't have that over there. They got mom and pop shops everywhere, and everybody has a different deal. And if you're a foreigner, it's even more money because <laughs> right. you got money. They think you're rich, but mm -hmm. um, it's it's cool, man. I love it over there, and it's not a sweatshop. It's totally not that at all. It's just like a regular. They have uh, labor laws. They have the, the the city. They come out and check on us, make sure that the employee, the employee they right. take the employees to the back, and they ask them specific questions. If there's issues, then we get fined. So it's just, have you been fined? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I thought we were getting no, somewhere with no, that. No, no. It's just like it is here. It's exact. It's just the cost of living is just a lot cheaper. Parts so, are cheaper. Material is cheaper. So you've got a leg there still, mm -hmm. and a leg here mm -hmm. for production. Actually, I got uh, four legs here. I have a, a fiance and a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Good, get to work. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about a. Uh, uh, say again your your location of where you are in Vegas. Uh, in Las Vegas, people can visit your studio. Is yeah, that long correct? As they call me and let me know they're coming. Right, right, right. But I, I didn't know if, if I'm was, not busy, you can visit. I didn't know if it was part, you know, show off gallery. No, and, no, it's not. It's not that big. It's a really small place. It's uh, I have my whole unit is like a thousand square feet. It's not that big. Okay. Um, I have and a, anything you can do in the Philippines, you can do here. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm working on stuff now. I'm doing it here by myself. Um, I don't have any help here. Uh, but if I if I decide after I make that piece, I want to put it in, in a, a limited edition or production, uh, then I'll send the specs, the specs overseas, the AutoCAD files, and then they'll just replicate it for me. Wow. And that's how it works. A lot of people look at it as not real art. But, I mean, if you want to sit around the shop all day and crank out the same thing over and over and over, God bless you. If you want to make money in it and you want to make a make it into a business, then you need to think like a business person and uh, make it happen like a business. It looks like it takes a lot to get put together. So yeah, it does. It does. And once you make the first piece, once you make the first piece, then it's just a matter of um, of using molds and and whatnot to uh, replicate it. Right. Because I'm remembering um, you look uh, like your executive desk piece has a lot of large bolts in there, mm -hmm. but they're not really bolts. Like you molded. They're cast. Right. A lot of those pieces. Mm -hmm. Everything in there was, was hand molded. It's not like all those parts were bought, you know, naturally no, from no, Home Depot. No. Like his, his signature is like yeah. a hand designed plate right. and everything. Yeah. It's really cool. That's all, that's all handmade. He's got a lot of detailed photos on his website. Mm -hmm. The carriage bolts around it are Home Depot bought. Actually, not, <laughs> not Home Depot because I buy from over there. They're, Made in China, wherever they make them. I don't know where they know they're made. <laughs> Did you label yourself as a steampunk artist before steampunk no. became big? No, I didn't even know what steampunk was. I never knew what it was. I, I remember, you were doing this late 90s, I yeah, think, yeah, and I would yeah. say steampunk maybe hit, I don't know, early aughts. I mean, as far as being like a household name. and I got, a, uh, a real when movie. I first got started doing this, and my name started getting, I started getting a little higher on, on the web pages and Google. Um, people would email me and say, you know, that's really cool steampunk art. So the first email I got, I, I thought it was like a typo or something. Like, steampunk. The they call me a punk. Punk. Yeah, what, what does that mean? Like the third email I got from that, I said, let me, let me Google what the steampunk thing is. And um, after looking at it, I said, I guess I do kind of fall in that, in that genre. I would say it was, it's a bit more refined than steampunk. It's, I mean, it, I, 
I could see where people would see that because of the copper elements and the, the bolts and the, the moving right. parts and the breaking. It looks like some pieces have been, you know, broken and, and put back together. But I wouldn't I wouldn't even imagine that in the same category as steampunk. It's so yeah. fine and beautiful. Well, it's more put together, too. Steampunk can be very scattershot. Yeah, very scattered. Like, it's scattered, literally just gears on top of dirty, gears. Your stuff broken. functions. Right. Like those gears yeah. work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be I mathematically I correct. I wouldn't put right. it in that category. Yeah. I've, had, I've had a lot of people tell me you shouldn't fall I mean, I, I don't really call it steampunk. Actually, I don't call it steampunk. Every like, if I'm do, if I want to, uh, I'll use it in my search engines, but I don't. Yeah. I'm not a steampunk because steam the whole steampunk thing is a whole. It's a like a it's like a it's lifestyle. A lifestyle. Yeah. It's, it's a movement. Yes, it is. When you go to those it steampunk is. events, I've never mm-hmm. been to one. I got a friend in New York who's begging me to come to his events. It's like a bunch of guys. It's like being a Trekkie or a, a Star Wars geek. You know, you, I'm not gonna walk around with the Darth Vader suit on. In the in the steampunk world, is 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 Doctor Doctor, with some German last name. You know, walking around with a robotic arm with the with the big goggles on. I'm, I'm. Do you I look win, like, you yeah. win at the Comic Con? Do I look like that? That's not my thing. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it at all. No, no. I'm not, I respect it. Right. But I'm not. It's not my thing. Right. I don't want to go there and be a poser, you know. It's just, I, I guess maybe you come across maybe a little bit more Renaissance or Salvador yeah. Dali. And yeah. I, like, I don't know what that's yeah. steampunk. It's, like. it's a little bit of... You definitely got the taste yeah. for it there. Yeah. yeah. So are you always trying to outdo yourself? What's the next big piece? It seems like your pieces get bigger and more complicated. Uh, at the same time, I'll let you talk about those petites you're making. What's new for you? What's, uh, um, what's I'm the working, challenge? I'm working on... I'm kind of bored with the whole... Steampunk <laughs> thing. The, the, speaking of speaking, speak of the devil. That that whole mechanical thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to experiment with different stuff. Um, I don't want to be just labeled as he's the gear guy. Here's the clock man. I don't want to be labeled as just that. I kind of just I, the reason I really kind of went into wait, the, wait, we can't do a comic book called Dale Mathis the Clock Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, back to the drawing board, exactly. engineer. Gina's, I call cover. Gina's gonna ink it. I was gonna ink it. I was. I you know was what's funny? Ready. I get a lot of emails from. Baked. I just got one the other day from famous clock makers, like <laughs> guys who made the Big Ben. They'll email me and and, and give me props. Like, what, what no. do you mean, Big Ben in England? Those guys yeah. aren't still alive. I'm talking, <laughs> about, I'm talking. I'm talking monumental size. Okay. Walk. Other Big Bens. Yeah, yeah. The real thing. I mean, I I get I get emails. From <laughs> Big these, Oscars. Yeah. I get emails from these people, and they're you know telling me how you know they like my work and blah blah blah. I'm like, man, I, I mean, you really make clocks. I've only made three clocks. Wow. But because all my artwork has gears in it, mm-hmm. people right. just assume that it's a clock. It looks mm-hmm. like there's a clock in every piece right, if you look right, closely. Right, But there isn't. I only make, I make three clocks, Killing Time, Quarter Till, and Wicked. And that's it. The other pieces are just story, stories of my past, but they have gears in them. And the reason I put the gears in my artwork originally was to, I wanted to do something that was different, and I wanted people to remember me in the art world. And um, one of the things you don't see, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to talk about race, race relations here. You don't see a lot of African-American artists in the mainstream art world. The only one that I know of that really made it was Basquiat. I mean, that really made it, made it into that, the New York scene. Was who? Basquiat. Oh, okay. I know Basquiat. who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Other than him, I've, I've never seen any other, any, there are others, mm-hmm. but not on the level that he was. And the only reason he got to that level was because Warhol accepted him and brought him in. Yeah. And he kind of blanketed under Warhol. But other than him, it's never been any other ones. 
So to answer your question earlier, I'm trying to, I've already penetrated the, the commercial art world. There's two main art worlds. You've got the yeah. commercial art world, and then you have the high-end contemporary art world, which is impossible to penetrate. I have been trying for years, <laughs> but it is impossible. Not impossible. I'm not going to say that. It's hard. It's hard because it's a, it's a, it's a closed-knit community, and you're in if they like you. It has nothing to do with what you do. It has nothing to do with your style of art. You can make straight friggin' lines. But if they like you and they bring you in and you can talk it up, you're in. You're selling that piece for $150,000, $60,000. You know what I'm saying? You're mm -hmm. still going after it. You're going to the New York Art Expo. Art Basel. Oh. Art Basel. Art Basel. Art Expo is a show designed mainly for commercial artists. Art Basel is the next level up. Mm. Art Basel is the high-end. It's the show for high-end contemporary art galleries. I mean, artists, I'm sorry. Um, and it's impossible to get... I'm not in Art Basel itself. I'm actually doing a show called Red Dot, which is... Which I've heard it, of Red Dot. Yeah, you have Red Dot, you have Art Basel. You have, okay. This is in Florida. This is in Florida at the beginning of the day. You have Art Basel, and around Art Basel is a bunch of satellite shows. Some are garbage shows, some are not. Some are good quality shows. Red Dot is, is a pretty good They still get quality. attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, I would say third to Basel. Second would be Scope, but I couldn't, I tried to get in Scope, but I couldn't get in. They didn't, in order to get in Basel and Scope, you have to be white. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said oh it. my God, you went there. <laughs> my grandmother was, my, gra my grandmother, her. my grandmother's from the 20s, right? She used to always say, you know, well, you know how it is, when you're white, you're right. Oh, my <laughs> Goodness. But she, she was from a different era. I love her to death. God bless her. You can only get in the show as if, if if you're in a gallery that the that the show accepted because you can, not, they don't accept uh, they don't accept solo artists. So you're, hold, on, hold on a second. I want to step back a minute because since I brought it up, sort of. Um, since you, you started, well, no, no, but yeah, no, but Dale, you started talking car. about about you're like I want to talk about racial relations mm -hmm, stuff a bit. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, there's no major. African recent African American mm -hmm. contemporary artist that's gotten much notice beyond the Basque at. Mm -hmm. Why do you They're, think they, that is? they exist? Oh, I know they do. They exist. I I know a lot of them. Yeah, they exist. But why do you think that is? I mean, just your your my, my, experience my, slash opinion. I don't want to say it's a black thing because I don't think it is. I don't think it's because they're black. Those days are long and gone. Um, does racism exist? Of course it does. Mm -hmm. We all have. Uh, we all have. You have racism and you have prejudice, and there's just two different things. To be racist means I couldn't sit next to you. You just offered me some French fries. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be able to sit next to me because you would think, oh, <laughs> oh my God. It's like I'm sitting next to a, a monkey or a dog or something. Uh, to be prejudiced means you have issues that you don't necessarily like about someone. It's not necessarily because you don't like it. It's because you don't understand it. So it's not a black and white thing to answer your question. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why it is. I don't know. Maybe it has to do with content. Is there anything about your making? work that is about race? Doesn't look like it. I mean, no. you work in metals. No, no not it at all. It not at all. Like I don't know where the only, metal people the only, from. the only thing about my artwork that would reflect what reflect me is with the stories behind it. Mm -hmm. But. That shouldn't. That doesn't have anything to do with it. You can't it tell. You, well, you would, looking at your you would, artwork, you would never. No, never you would. Ne you would never. And I did that intentionally. Actually, I did that intentionally. 
I did a story about that. I did a, what I do when I go to art shows, because people don't expect me to be an artist, unless you already know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of sit back in the background and just kind of watch everybody and just walk around and mingle. Oh, he see. must be the bouncer. Yeah, no, yeah. no protecting no, no, the artwork. Right. Seriously, that's what they right. get. That's what, my first art <laughs> right. show, the, the people thought I was the servant. <laughs> the, the, not the servant, but the people who bought the food uh-huh. and whatnot. And I mean, because I was suited oh. and I had on the suit. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> that's a good story. Do we want the whole thing? I'll go to the art store sometime. I remember one time I went to the art store. I'm not going to name this store. And I was walking around the store. I had my baseball cap on backwards. And um, the guy kept watching me like I was stealing something. You know, he was watching me. So he kept, you know, when I would go around the corner, I would see him out the corner of my eye. He would walk by the aisle and look at me because he didn't know why I was there. So at the end of the whole thing when I was leaving, I told him who I was and what I did. He's like, oh, I didn't think you were an artist. You don't, you don't look like an artist. Well, what does that mean? I didn't get into that because then that would have been a, a whole different thing. Well, what do you mean that I don't look like an artist? What does an artist look like? What are you trying to say? Is it a black and white thing? I guess. Should I wear? Is. Should I wear all black? And you got to wear a beret. Wear the, wear the beret. As I say, wear the beret. You have to wear an apron. Should I have small? Should I, should I have a bottle? Gina looks like an artist. I do. Right. Yeah. Right. You got I the artist. Right. You got the. Day. She got the glasses. All the whole day thing. Long. Right. Should I walk, walk around with wine and cheese? <laughs> Shit. I mean, what does walk a, around wine and cheese will hang out. What, yeah. does, what does an artist look like? So, can't afford. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the average person I just can't to afford. Plug what you got for the next? Actually, show. actually, I'm doing I'm doing a show here with with you guys. It's Statement Gallery at the Arts Factory in Las Vegas, Nevada. I don't know the address. They can tell you later. <laughs> if you don't know where the Arts Factory is, we yeah. have this thing called Google. Yeah. yeah. Google don't bother it. coming if you it. don't know where it is. Google. Anyway, um, I'm going to be introducing uh, a new line of pieces that I'm making. Well, I'm, I scaled down two of my popular pieces, The Heart, or Beat of My Broken Heart, and the David Mechanica, which are, uh, we call them, I call them the Petite Series. Um, they're reasonably priced. And how, uh, how long can people see this show that's going to be up in Statement Gallery? Opens first Friday, October seventh. Mm-hmm. Goes for a month, and we're not giving the pieces back. So uh, <laughs> I'll have a little bit of the old, and the, I, you know, I planned on doing a bunch of stuff for the show, but things didn't work out. <laughs> but I will have some new pieces here and some old pieces. So we're going to mix a little bit of old, and then we're going to have the petites here, definitely. It's still uh, really wonderful that you're dedicated to the art scene, actually, because you, you did go international, and he didn't have to come back. No. Yeah. And I appreciate it. It's also. amazing that people can come to the Arts Factory and see, you know, your artwork here. You're they don't have to a, go to the Strip now, right, you know, right. you're a Vegas seek it out. success story. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. I, I get that a lot. I don't, I don't feel like I am, but you are. That's, that's cool. It's cool to hear People that. love you. And you've gone full circle. You started here, mm-hmm. and you've made your way around, and now you're back. Cool. Thank you for coming in. Groovy, far out. We're going to invite <laughs> you another year or whenever you're back in the United States. That's right. <laughs> Every year I want you to check in. I'm here, baby. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand this off to Gina, actually. Talk to us about what's happening. What happened to Whirly Gig? What details do you know? Do you know any at all? Is it hush hush? Yes, I. I Apparently, we have new overlords who are. We do, and I don't know them very well. I don't. I only met one once um, at one of the meetings. I was a little surprised when everything went down because you know nobody was notified. Not that we had to be because you know that's just how it works down here. You know, when it came down, my phone was flooded. I had 
call after call after call of people um, wanting Gina, to know. I, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt, but mm-hmm. I'm going to back up a little bit for our listeners who may not be right. regular Las Vegas art-interested people reading the Las Vegas Weekly and the mm-hmm. City Life mm-hmm. and knowing everything that's going on. So uh, basically, there is the monthly arts festival, First Friday, that's mm-hmm. been happening since 2002. But what people don't understand is that the gallery, First Friday is an entity run, or uh, until recently, by a nonprofit called Whirly Gig, which has mostly been run by Cindy Funkhauser for the last X number of years. Correct. Um, Who I'm trying to get to interview. She just hasn't gotten back to me yet, but and, I'll get her. We'll get and, her. But the First Friday event, <clears throat> of course, involves all most of the galleries and businesses in the downtown arts right. district. So recently... And you can see just from this this podcast alone how many careers literally started at First Friday. How right. many friendships that are you know and and business associates like how poignant First Friday is to all of us artists and gallery owners and 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 people alike down here. It's very it's a very very important thing to us. Right. So recently, so in August, basically, uh, the the powers that be of Whirly Gig canceled for two months the first Friday Arts Festival. For the first time in nine years. Right. Without first notifying the galleries and businesses who would mostly be affected by making a huge public announcement such as this. And of course, that saying you cancel first Friday doesn't affect all those businesses being open and all the people coming down and expecting that. So on top of this, after a month and a half or so, and a successful, I'd say, from my observation, a successful first Friday without the official first Friday organization. I would beg to differ a little bit, but I'm on the outskirts of, of the 18B. Right, but it, it, the, the point is, after a couple of months, and an, another announcement came about, what, uh, a week and a half ago? Uh-huh. That Out of the blue. That four of the, four of the movers and shakers, executives, whatever, from Zappos had basically purchased the rights to the First Friday name. They had they have taken it over from Whirly Gig. It wasn't Zappos buying it. It was the, gen- the gentlemen who have money invested in Zappos mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and they're changing it from nonprofit to yes. profit. And they started a new LLC, this First Friday LLC, and they are going to be running the street festival portion of First Friday from here on out. But again, and as Gina said, and I'll now segue back to her, hmm. the galleries and businesses who would be most affected by this decision weren't alerted to it until after everyone else had found out. Right. Not only were we not alerted to it, but if these people, these four people, you know, knew First Friday and came down to First Friday, I would think I would have known any of the four. I mean, I we know, you know, it's a small town. And it's a small arts district. We know everybody. We all help each other. We all have fairly good communication with each other. If people were interested in taking over First Friday, you think they would want to go to any of us, you know, down here and introduce themselves, not even say what they were wanting to do, but just make themselves known and ask us questions and 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 you know, let us, you know, get to know them and but out of the blue these people came in, I don't know them. I don't know them. And nobody knows them. And and so People, you know, say, you know, stay positive and, and let's let's greet this, you know, without a bad attitude. I don't have a bad attitude. I've never had a bad attitude about any of this. And I'm always very, very positive. That's why, you know, our gallery is so successful. And that's why everyone so you, seems to... So where do you to, land? Are you hopeful? I'm hopeful, but I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes open. What, what was the controversial statement they made? They, they said something that... Um, 
Apparently, they said something about they wanted to bring in out of town art, and they they think they quoted saying better art, but I don't. After right. you know further reading, I don't know. I think it might have been the writer that said that by accident. And I think they were just the marketing fella. speak. They're like, so, we want to bring yeah, you and I mean, better that's art. Fine. And, that, and everyone that, took you know, it the that, wrong that way. That stuff doesn't bother me. The thing that scares me is, again, I don't know these people. They could do what they want with First Friday, something that has been helping us, and not only just helping us, but attracting baby artists. You know, we can't we can't show the same 45 artists over and over and over again every single month and just trade galleries. Except for Dale Mathis. Well, he's been gone a while, remember? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's the whole thing. That's why we were interviewing him. That's why it was so exciting. Dale counts as 44 of those 45 artists. Yeah, and how many of them are African American? Like three? Hey. Okay. Do you have an opinion, PJ? Do you come down with this good? Um, That's right. (laughs) Take a picture of that. What Gina says about no one knowing these guys, I think there, this speaks to a larger, I don't want to say problem, but a, a, a larger issue, is that there's a disconnect in downtown between the arts district downtown and the Fremont Entertainment yes. District downtown, which isn't, Where it's not, it's, it's yes. not, it really hasn't been a problem until recently because um, that's evolving which is good. It's evolving beyond just being an entertainment district. Mm-hmm. But you're bringing that up because but, that's going to be their base of operations. Right. This is a little the, the, further uh, away yeah. from our intersection. Zappos, Zappos the actual company, is moving its headquarters to the old city hall building, which is you know at the heart of downtown Las Vegas where the, the Fremont and everything is. The Those guys that are high up in Zappos, they've been making the rounds, and they've become very friendly with the business owners and the invested parties in that area of downtown. Mm-hmm. So to them, they don't think that they're new to downtown, and that's and this. I mean, they've made the right inroads by actually taking an active investment in downtown. And, yeah, you know, that's great. But the not in the is, actual arts right. district. And the problem this is, is that we know. Well, hold on, We're here in the arts district, and that's what I'm trying. But that's that what we I'm saying. Of. Let me finish what I'm saying. <laughs> There's this disconnect because to them, they're like, "Oh, it's all downtown. We just want to invest in downtown and whatever." But they're, they don't realize that there's a dynamic where the arts district doesn't get the money and attention that this other area gets, for the most part, and you can't just kind of jump in and go, hey, you know, even even though I'm, it's, I, I know I know Tony Shea, he's I mean he's a good guy, he has altruistic means. I don't think they're trying yeah. to like make money off the backs of. Is he like know, Steve Jobs? Kind Seems of. Like a he doesn't wear mock turtlenecks. I think it might have been smarter for them to come in if they had these plans and kind of start making the inroads on the ground level, talk to people in the area first and kind of go, hey, you know, we, we kind of really want to help you guys out. We know the first Friday is suffering financially. We want to come in and, you know, invest if in they this have, a little. If they have inclinations to say something, to, 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 to stay. Is the mic still on? Is the mic on? Yeah. Yeah, it's on. Dude, you you are on. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask a question. Interview us. Let me interview you. Let me ask you a question. What do you feel is bad about the whole thing, Gina? What do you? What makes you feel threatened about them? I'm just because it's, it's not a takeover because they're only no, no, no. they're only taking over the street side of the name of the event and the street side part of it. What do you? They're going to change the name. Well, I don't think they're going to no, change no, the name. No, well, you, no, you, you never no. know. They could. If they own it, they can do what they want. Thus far, no plans have been announced to change the name. Okay. Um, So, what do you feel threatened? The only thing that I'm hesitant about, I'm worried that they may take this first Friday and bring it to a totally different section of downtown. 
after we've worked so hard to build it up Pull for it nine away years. From our Pull it away from the 18B. I mean, we've been working hard here. We opened businesses when there were no businesses here, when there was no business here, when you could rely or you had to rely on And brought on the property four, rates up. Exactly. You, you would rely on four hours once a month to pay your rent. I understand. I mean, you worked three jobs to keep a business open. When nobody else wanted to be here, people did that on a risk. In, in hard times, really hard times, for what? To build this thing up, to move it somewhere else? I don't think so. Over my dead body. Well, but, but that's a Ooh. presumption. You're we're, worried we're about that. That's what I'm been, worried about. Okay. But that, and that's the thing. That's the, no, I'm not no saying one, that they're going to do I, that. I I, I'm from, hoping from, that, that that would never happen. From a business point of view, from a business point of view, I highly doubt that they're going to take it and try to start up something completely different somewhere else. Because if that was the case, why even buy the name from right. Worldly Gate. What, what was what would be the point in that? Right. Um, they're not going to change first. No, they're Friday. not going. They're I mean, not going to change it. Known I as think, first Friday. I think they're going to dump a lot of money into it. And then and I want to add one thing real quick. I yeah. have read that Cindy Funkhauser is going to play a role, kind of transition with them a little bit for a couple months. I don't know what that means. I, I'd love to interview her. I'm trying to get her. We'll get her. Um, and and she's going to have some sort of hand in this t- takeover. <laughs> well, she she has to. I mean, the th- this is the thing. If you if you come in and you take over a business of any sort, and, and make no mistake, Whirly Gig ran a business, it honestly didn't run a business very well because it wasn't there was there, well there was no 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 business plan, no structure mm-hmm. because it was a sort of willy nilly nonprofit, and that's not to speak poorly of Cindy and what it was an emotionally guided but, business. Yes, yeah. I mean there's I a reason think, it was think, losing money. <clears throat> I don't think Cindy expected it to be as big as it No. Because right. when she first started, it, right. it was nothing like, right. like it is now. She didn't expect to have to pay it was so much 200 money hippies. Right. so right. many right. cops. Right. She didn't right. expect any of that. It was right. 200 bored hippies mm-hmm. on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Right. She'd seen a similar event in Seattle or something. And it, and it evolved into what it evolved yeah. I think there's no point in anyone wasting energy on speculation. Um, whatever happens, you're not... There's nothing you can really do about it at this point anyway because it's it's it's, it's this is a comp- but the thing is, it, it it doesn't unless unless someone said to you here's something we're doing, no sense in worrying about that until it happens. There's nothing you could do to prepare for it. Um, I just don't. I, I I guess this is this is this could be a great opportunity. It's like I, I mean I've said this and I've tried not to get in the middle of this. It could be a great opportunity. It could, could be. not be. Honestly, I hope these guys can figure out how to run this as a. Maybe a, they'll try some makes, stunts, and maybe some things will work. Yeah, I think there's it's new gonna, blood. But 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 the gentlemen who invested in this are really effing smart, and have done amazing things with their company in a very non-traditional manner for most corporations. So hopefully that same. I mean, if you talk to anyone who works for Zappos, it's the life the the lifestyle of a Zappos employee is so completely right. different. From yes. a typical corporate, it's like we're going to Pixar like gonna, or something, or, or Google. Yeah, right. So hopefully, well, to me, it's like buying a business that has already been open, but never going inside the door to see how it works. That yeah, well, but they're, just because they're, they haven't talked to you, they don't know. You don't. You don't know. You don't know. Do you know what these guys look like? Let me describe. Only one. You don't, Only you one. don't know. You don't know if they've even been here. Right. Obviously, that's, obviously, yeah. they've been down here. 
Right. On on more than one occasion. Well, I'm just obviously going, they I'm going secretly from the people that I right. know. We obviously all they know each other. It. We're yeah. a close yeah. network here. We all know each other. But we they all look talk. like I just want to say they look like a great company. They let the employees in the cubicle areas decorate their own stuff, personalize it. It's not corporate at all. Right. It's very cool. It's no, very everyone modern, it's very who works for Zappos loves it's, Zappos. It's crazy decorated in there. There's art. There's plants. Everybody loves it. Right. Right. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I can if I if I walk through the doors of a movie theater and watch a movie and I see a lot of things that I could do a lot better with it, the director and, and actors in that movie may not know that I'm watching their movie, but I am. And I might see it a hundred times and take notes and really know what I, what I think I could do better with that. So even though you don't know these guys, right. they, could, they could be here every month. I'm not at first Friday every month, but they could be. I don't know. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, at this point, it's sort of a benefit of the doubt, but also on the flip side, it doesn't matter because there's nothing you can do. About yeah, there's it. Really look here, look here. I think I think that it's <clears throat> I think that it's going to be beneficial to you long term. Um, you just it's like having a step. Uh, the redheaded stepchild just moved in. <laughs> you got to get used to that dude. But they're wearing great shoes. Yeah, but they're wearing great <laughs> shoes, right? And Daddy, Is that what Zappos and, makes? And, and Daddy, and Daddy's rich in the Philippines. You know? I think they're known <laughs> for a lot of things, but yeah, it's it's yeah. a tire. Yeah, shoes. so I think they're going to bring something to the table that's going to benefit everybody, long term. Um, they're going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. I, for but one, welcome our new overlords. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to benefit you. Yeah, we'll I see. I hope so. I'm I think might, so. It might, 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 might see a little more commercialism. But that's I don't mind commercialism. Well, that's why you're I'm totally for that. It's going to benefit your rim might go up a little bit. The the unnamed podcast will keep a close mean, eye like on the We're, forthcoming activities of the so first it's, Friday. <laughs> so so it's, not, it's not Zappel, just the people who invest right. yeah. in it. Exactly. I'm going to throw out another name suggestion. The sellouts. What do you think? What's a sellout? Mm-hmm. What do you classify as a sellout? Dale, dude, this, oh is, this is a topic for an entire show. Yeah. Right. You got to come back, <laughs> yeah. buddy. I wanted to know because I was going to ask you. I somebody, don't know either. If somebody really. offered to buy one of your pieces for a million dollars, would you turn it down? No. No. I think Would that make you a sellout? Let me, let me try to define it. Here's my mm-hmm. definition for it. You're a sellout artist the first time you do work to be shown and, and seen and to put out there in any public arena. In any in any public forum, once you take it out of your own personal space for mm-hmm. the world to comment on, to to potentially buy, I mean, don't even get into the money of it. Just exposing it to for for critics and everything else, you have to some degree sold out from what whatever the purity of of your art and your own intentions are. Because once it becomes public, I mean, you jump the shark. It's gonna. No, you it's don't hard, the shark. Hard, the fact hard. is, every artist wants to be a sellout. I'm sorry, but like, right. no, if true. that's if you don't want to I work at I McDonald's, was... you're no. But I mean, seriously, like, no artist goes, no, don't buy my. I mean, some do, and they're like hardcore. And guess what? They're liter- not. They're literally starving. I'm right? here to paint and do the work I want to do, but I'm also here to sell it. I made that decision. And here's the thing: if I don't want to sell something because it's that personal, if it's too artsy or whatever, mm. I'm keeping it for myself. Anyway, so you know you can break the rules for yourself. There, are, there were things that I kept out of the mm-hmm. public forum. Mm-hmm. So you're a sellout the minute you put something on the wall. And anybody who watches the course of your career change from one style to another, or one medium to another, or whatever, thinks you might be selling out. I got news for you. Every artist is on a journey, and right. they are going to shift, mm-hmm. and they are going to grow, and they're going to try new things. So Otherwise, you go crazy doing the same thing You can't avoid the label. Years. It's a stupid. It's a useless label. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as a sellout artist. You're a sellout the minute you're an artist, I mean, or the minute you want to put it in the public forum. I've been called a sellout. 
Thank you for listening to the Sellout Podcast. Oh, I, Jesus. I'm going to work on that. I don't we're like gonna, it. Hey, before anybody finds out about this, we're going to have a title. We're going to launch with the title. Call so it the Jump the Shark We'll the add jump it to back show. into the Jump the Shark The Jump the Shark Show. The jump the shark show. Like and I'll record too. the jingle. All right, you is should that record it? the jingle. You're the musical one of us. Yes. Do it now. Right now. Sellout. <laughs> Sellout in mm. the art. Yeah. No, 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 so no. Bad. Real Big Fish does a better version of that. I, uh, I already had that. I already had that in my mind queued up to play underneath you. Sellout. Sellout. It's in my mental notes. Yeah. All right, Gina. Anything to pimp promote next, um, next no, first Friday? I mean, you say the pimp. That was just yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I'm the pimp of this room. We all That's know that. Do. What hoes are you pimping this this first? Where's Friday? my money at? She <laughs> slaps her bitches. I I've do. Seen it. I do. How do you think a girl pays her rent? Hey. Oh wait. We Gina, all know the real. What's at Blackbird Studios in October? Okay, we're doing Give the zombie show in. Oh, it's um, I think Blackbird Artists on Facebook. And it's um, blackbirdstudios.com or .org Thank or you. .net, dot the nets. I don't know. I'm Google not that. Sh- yeah, just that Google shit. it. Google Studios it. Listen, Las I'm Vegas. not an internet girl, okay? I didn't even know we had a website. So inside your, yeah. ga- inside your gallery, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, main gallery, we're doing our second um, zombie apocalypse two years in a row. And then in our back gallery, we're doing, um, for everyone who loves Nevada, Nevada-tude. We love Nevada. Nevada-tude. They're showing their Nevada pride with Nevada... Art. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Should be fun. Let me mention uh, first Friday dash Las Vegas dot org. All they have right now is a link saying something that there was a name change. <laughs> so it'll be about Zappos in the future, I suppose. But uh, go there anyway if you want more information. And oh, and it's been extended to midnight. We should tell people that. Yeah. They can stay out till midnight. You can find state you can find statement art gallery on Facebook and statementartgallery.com. DJ, anything? Um, if you find yourself inclined to stop by the Barrack Museum at UNLV in the month of September, there's a show I'm curating there called Seduction of the Innocent. It's a visual exploration of uh, comic book censorship throughout the decades. Beautiful. And uh, it'll be uh, good times if you uh, want to enjoy that. When's the opening for that? Well, the opening would have already happened. So. Did the opening already happen? The opening already happened. It's only Sorry you guys week. missed it. Oh. For me, it's but happening it in a week. Awesome. But it was amazing. 4,000 people turned out. Oh. And we raised $80,000 for the Barrick Museum. Man, you guys are awesome. And also, I want to mention again, theartofdalemathis.com. Dale Mathis Thank on, you, Dale. on display Thank you. at Statement Art Gallery right here. Stimulating. Oh, let me also say, if we're using this song, and I hope we are, on the intro and outro... I want to promote, otherwise, they did the song I want to use. Um, I don't know how long we're going to use it, but I have verbal permission to use it. It's called Stop, Drop, and Roll. Doesn't work in hell. And they are performing, I think, just about every Saturday, opening for Steel Panther at Ovation inside the Green Valley oh, Ranch. Yeah. And they just got a new single released on iTunes, which I did the cover art for. I don't know how that it's works. Very I haven't seen it yet. Here. Yeah. We all take care of our but own. But they're my band, Hard Rockers. Love those boys. Thank you, otherwise. All right, so otherwise he's going to play us out as we think about a name for the show. And, uh, we'll <laughs> thanks, see boys. You. We'll see you here next time. Thanks to Dale Mathis, and thanks to Statement Art Gallery for hosting this, and Lee Roberts Woo-hoo. for hanging out. Sweetness